Anchor is the best way to get your podcast heard by audiences around the world. Visit anchor.fm today to take the first step in making your own podcast. Uh. <laughs> All right, roll the intro music. Ten cans, three high school kids. We don't know what we're doing, but we do it anyways. Ten cans, ten cans, ten cans. Ten cans. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ten Cans. Welcome I feel back. Like, I feel like uh, every week we always say we're back, but um, this time we're back for good, hopefully. I don't know. So, is this the next episode we're going to upload? Probably. This is a good episode. Yeah. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be December, right? Well, we got a nice little December drop for you guys. It's going to be a new new theme, a December theme. You could probably guess what theme December is. Mm. Christmas. Dude, no. Nathan's, Nathan's always keeping our social media. like. It's Hanukkah, okay? <laughs> it's Whatever Hanukkah. you celebrate, whenever you celebrate, we support you. Nathan's uh Nathan's always keeping our social media intact. I like that. Yeah, yes. Nathan is our PR department coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, by the title of this podcast, side hustle, um, we're doing we're gonna delve into the topic of reselling as a concept, and then specifically sneaker reselling, and we're gonna be interrogating Ishan and milking out every last drop of info. Good evening. Us. My name is Yi Shen Wei. I am uh, <laughs> I didn't very even get to introduce you honored to be here. I'm a big fan of what these three extraordinary gentlemen has done. Oh. Alex Zhang, Ziwei Li, Nathan Shen. Um, you know, I've growing up, I've um I've never really I've always been a fan of these two or these three since I was very, very young. I remember being, you know, six years old, sitting back in my apartment in China listening to Tin Cans and wondering could I make it onto that podcast one day? But dreams come true, and I guess here we are. Hey, that's a good example. If you ever want to be on our podcast, just shoot Nathan a DM or any one of us, actually. And, you uh, know, you can also shoot Nathan a DM for other purposes, not just yeah, about yeah, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. After I was rudely interrupted, um, <laughs> I was on the topic of saying we're going to be delving into what sneaker reselling is, some of the controversy around it, what sneaker has a meaning, uh, like the deeper meanings uh, to a person uh, – that has like a special relationship with sneakers like Ishan does and some couple uh, like I have one article which I was I was kind of laughing at uh, that I w- kind of want to talk about uh, and then two two small very short documentaries that are actually high production like they look pretty good um, about one is about um, the it's called the markups and millions in profit and it's actually by the Wall Street Journal so it should be good and then the second one is called the fake sneaker capital in Putian in China. So I'm just, that, that's like the very last topic. And I'm going to be talking about how that kind of affects sneaker culture in general. But uh, before we begin, I kind of want to outline what, so first, Ishan, can you just go over the basic, very basic concept of, of reselling in general, not even sneakers, just reselling. Reselling, if I had to put it into very, very oversimplified terms, it's buy low, sell high. You obtain a product for a low price and you attempt to sell it for a higher price in order to make a profit. Okay. So it's basically Fair like enough. recently you've been seeing people stock up at PS5s. Probably you've seen that. And it's, de- it's definitely because they were, I guess they were limited. And people want to 
maybe like give a give a two hundred dollar or three hundred dollar markup, sell it on eBay, and then make themselves all their money back. Because KSI hogged them all. Oh yeah, KSI had like five. I don't even know what he's doing with those, but uh, <laughs> this guy said a giveaway. No, 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 no giveaway. Yeah. That's all mine. <laughs> but uh, okay, so now <clears throat> for those who know nothing about sneaker culture, before I before I ask from an outside point of view, like uh, Nathan and Alex who have never seen the ins and outs of the sneaker, the very deep sneaker culture. I want to ask Ishan, can you break down again in regular guy language? Like what is so special about shoes and why is it special to you? Why do people even pay outrageous prices for them? Quote unquote outrageous. And then like the aftermarket, just give us a quick background. You know, sneakers, people buy them for many different reasons. One of the most primary reasons uh, for many people who call themselves sneakerheads is when they spend say four or $500 on a Jordan or Yeezy or something of the sort, uh, they think that it's a representation of their wealth, that when another person sees them wearing these on the street, they automatically assume that, you know, he's wealthy enough to be able to buy these sneakers. Of course, there's other people who have a much deeper connection to the sneaker industry who genuinely, uh, they buy these shoes more for themselves rather than to put up a image to others. But, you know, for the majority of the people, especially today with such a huge influx of new quote unquote sneakerheads, the primary purpose is to uh, kind of give that assumption of wealth. Mm -hmm. Can you like, um, can you quickly define, like give the difference between these two labels that people are put on? Like people have the label of a sneakerhead and then also there's a label of hype beast and sort of talk about like the connotations of both of them. Like what do people perceive, perceive those as? Uh, a hype beast, I'm going to put these into very visual terms. A hype beast is kind of like that 12-year-old kid on the streets who's wearing Bape, uh, a Bape t-shirt, a Bape shorts, some green Jordans, and probably listening to something by Travis Scott. Uh, also probably saying Wagwan my slimes to their friends. Um, also probably with a perm. Uh, Sneakerheads is kind of that 30-year-old middle-aged dude wearing a pair of Jordans that's not too flashy, but you could tell that it's not a cheap shoe either. Probably has kids and it's kind of like that, you know, the nice uncle you see at family reunions. Mm. <laughs> what, what so, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What I see today is uh, a lot more teens and like young adults are getting into reselling rather than like uh, actual adults in like 30s. But like people like you and your age around our age Mm -hmm. A lot more people are getting into the reselling industry. So yeah, so we'll, well, we'll definitely get into like the ease of like how, e how easy it is to get into this market. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that when we talk about, when we watch that short little documentary. But um, I have one very specific question that I don't, fit, I don't think fits anywhere else. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Ishan a question and then I'll ask Alex and Nathan a question that, that's like catered, that tailor made for them. So Ishan, there's going to be people that like, that like hate you because, well, obviously nobody wants, like people that do not see the same value or the same meaning behind a shoe, those people might not want to pay a marked up rate because like they don't want to pay a marked up rate because they simply see a shoe as something they wear on their foot. How, what do you, how do you set yourself apart in terms of like what these shoes mean to you? Where does this like love for sneakers stem from? And like, there's going to be people that hate you because you know, there's always haters um, for people that are, that are doing this side hustle. So like, Number one is talk about like where your love for sneakers stem from. Number two, talk about like the negative connotations around resellers. And what do you have to say to those people? Well, uh, 
I first started in the sneaker game in around 2018. And back then, it wasn't really anything deep. Back then, it was what I mentioned earlier. I just wanted to flex because, you know, everybody had some sort of shoes, whether it was Jordans or Yeezys at the time. And that's why I caught my first ever pair of Yeezys. That was my first pair of, I guess, good sneakers, as you can maybe call it. Um, but as time went on, I started to gradually develop a new kind of new appreciation for these sneakers and the focus shifted away from wearing them uh, for the sake of approval by other people and more, do they satisfy my own taste? Do I think that they look good on me? Do, am I willing to pay this amount? And yeah, now it's a much deeper connection. I don't really care what other people think about my shoes anymore. Well, of course, it's nice if they like them. Like, it's not, I'm not saying that I completely don't care, but it's not the reason that I buy shoes. Mm -hmm. um, with reselling, there's a lot of, I guess, uh, dislike for resellers within the sneaker community because reselling, as I've mentioned earlier, it's profiting off a product due to its limited supply and high demand which means in the end, the majority of people aren't going to get what they want. And a small portion of people are going to get what other people want. And these other people might not think that it's fair because these resellers are turning the shoes for profit rather than actually wearing them because they genuinely like them. So there's the argument that why are, why are the shoes going to people who, are, who don't even like them, who only want them for profit? Why are they not going to the people who genuinely you know, loves them and wants to wear them. And obviously, uh, coming from a reseller, I'm a reseller. Um, I don't completely agree with their views, but I definitely see where they're coming from. Um, back then, maybe one or two years ago, reselling wasn't as big of a market. And although you still had shoes being sold above the retail value, it was only maybe at most $200 above retail. So if you really wanted a pair, you have to pay $200 extra to get your hands on it. But today you have, because there's so many more quote unquote resellers, you have to pay in some cases up to $800, $900 extra just to get your hands on a pair of shoes that you've wanted for like four to five months, but you couldn't get because there's 12 year old kids camping the malls waiting for the shoes to release while you have to work a job. But yeah, you know, resellers, at a moderate amount, I think it's reasonable because no matter what the product is, there's always going to be people trying to profit off it. But when I guess the sneaker industry is made up 80, 90% of resellers and only 10% of people genuinely enthusiasts of the industry, and I think that's where a problem is present. Mm -hmm. So how does um, Yishan, I'm sorry, not Yishan, uh, Nathan and Alex, how do you guys, if you guys didn't know Yishan at all, like, like this guy, you've never met him before. I just brought both of you together. I told, I told you guys, I, I'm going to call this guy a reseller. I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to call you Sean a reseller. And I'm going to call you to regular, regular sneaker lovers. From your point of your personal view, if you didn't know Yishan, how would you see him? If, if the only thing you knew about him was he was a reseller. Uh, what, what perspective do you mean? Like uh, buying shoes off him? Or like just, just a regular person. Like you don't even have to buy shoes. You just see, you see his post. And you see that he's reselling shoes. What do you think about it? You know, I would uh, do a little bit of inspecting, you know, a little, get a little bit of that inspector gadget in there. But, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would think that if he, he would probably be successful in his business and probably gain a lot of money from, mm -hmm. uh, from this reselling business. But mm -hmm. 
you know, I have my respect for yeah. those type of people because I understand how difficult it can be at times. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have any uh, any hate toward them or, yeah. Alex, what about you? you? You like, do you like respect their hustle or do you like, are, are you one of those people that do, I'm not grouping you in, both of you in with anybody, but are you like the same as Nathan? Like, do you respect those people who respect the hustle or are you a part of the group of people that have a negative connotation or view against these people? Honestly, I feel like if I was going out and like maybe say, I don't know, it's Black Friday now, right? At the time of this recording, I really want this new pair of shoes that dropped on the website and then bam, instantaneously sold out because all the resellers are, you know, trying to get the, the new the new shoe that just dropped or restocked. And obviously if I was like probably, I don't know, saving for a couple months for this shoe, all of a sudden it's restocked mm. and I have to save another couple months. And because people are just going to resell for more money, uh, obviously I, I would be pissed. But uh, in the end of the day, everybody, everybody in the end of the day, they're just trying to make some money, you know, just trying to make some cash. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd have to respect it because like they do, they, I, I, uh, honestly, if you're going to blame people, I mean, if you're going to say you didn't pick up the shoe and then you blame resellers for your own fault, just, mm-hmm. that's just kind of lowly. But like, I get where people are as frustrated. Maybe they just, uh, maybe it's just like a, like a game, you know, you just rage quit. You yell at a couple guys, you just, you yell, you yell cause you're bad and then you move on. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, or like. As for my personal point of view, if I wasn't just going out for my sneakers, everybody's got their, uh, if they got their own hustle, they got their own vibe, they got their own passion. Uh, I respect it because like maybe someone's like earning work at the morning for their college, or someone's, I don't know, Twitch streaming just just because they like streaming or playing games. You gotta are you respect. Play, are you playing Tetris? Me? Yeah. He's playing Minecraft. <laughs> no, no, no. If I play Minecraft, I'm gonna get beaned. I'm playing, I'm playing, you know what I'm playing? What do you Math play? games. Oh, <laughs> cool math oh. games. <laughs> All right, so I, I definitely see, like, where you guys are coming from. So you guys, like, respect the hustle because at the end of the day, like, for the people like Ishan who are going out and camping in the rain and the snow to go get those sneakers, they're definitely putting more effort in than the people that, quote-unquote, want to shoot, right? So to some degree, you can respect, like, like I said again, you can respect the effort they're putting in. And, but personally like from past experiences i've definitely felt the frustration where it's like ishan can touch on this as well but like how the market has turned into this very very competitive virtually impossible for manual users to the point where you're you're relying on like like local raffles to to sort of maybe have a zero like a less than a one percent chance of winning i think like to further like explain the concept here is very important to bring up the uh the idea of sneaker bots Uh um bots are basically automated checkout systems that perform the checkout process much faster than humans can so when you're buying something online filling out your information your address your payment stuff a bot can do that in a few seconds whereas it might take up to a minute for a human and obviously that gains them a massive advantage for the users who run bots because they are more efficient in the process. And also a bot is able to launch like 10 or 20 or up to a hundred checkout processes simultaneously. So obviously with a human user, 
you're only checking out one item at a time or you're checking out one cart at a time because you don't have five pairs of arms to tie up on your keyboard. But a robot can do so as many times as he wants in a checkout process. So essentially, if you're putting it into like a number kind of thing, say a normal user has 5% chance of copying a shoe. A sneaker bot mm, increases that chance to maybe 10 or 15%. But on top of that, instead of having one shot at 15%, it gives you potentially 50 or 100 shots at 15%. So how would you say that online retailers and like Shopify sites have succeeded or failed in preventing bots from dominating the market and preventing uh, manual users uh, from, from being able to obtain rare shoes? Oh, Shopify in particular, which is a um, website system that many online retailers use, they, they, they're constantly trying to push out anti-bot systems. Capture. You guys all know Capture. It's the thing where I have to click on pictures and stuff. The annoying thing on websites. Ah, prove that you're not a robot. Yeah, that's built in to protect against the exact kind of bots we're talking about. Not just on sneaker sites, but on all types of sites. And they're constantly rolling out new features. There's checkpoints. And recently, there's the question system where before you can add an item to your car, you have to answer a basic skill testing question to determine whether you're human or not. It's usually very simple, like. What, what is, is one plus one? Or what, what is, is the color of an orange? <laughs> what, what is the color of an orange? But Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember. That was <laughs> that was quite the nice If you don't one. know, that was um from a... Is, is Union? The Union drop. The Union drop. Is yeah. Union an LA boutique or something? Yeah, Union's an LA boutique. So Union, they partnered... Bef- they've, they've done a collaboration before with the Jordan 1 silhouette. And this time when they... This year when they did a Jordan 4 silhouette, they had a skill testing question. And I still remember I was, I was in a footlocker when I was doing it. And it was, what color is an orange? I thought, at first I thought it was a joke. Like I thought I got the wrong website. And then when you texted me, yo, I just got two pairs. I was like, wow, it really wasn't a joke. So like, and I also heard like from that site, it was actually really easy for manual users. Yes, that was probably the best release for manual users the entire year. But with these, well, obviously that was one of the first times it was implemented and it worked very nicely because at the time, bots simply didn't have the feature that allowed them to respond to this question, you know, like the operators would see the question, but they had nowhere to type the answer in this. Mm -hmm. It's blocks them. But like every sort of technology, it becomes obsolete. When you come up with something to counter another opponent, that opponent is going to come up with something right back at you. And it's not just for websites or sneaker websites. This applies to everything in the world. No technology will forever remain in power. You know, there's always going to be something that one ups you. And gradually we saw that just like a week after the release or after questions were implemented, most bots immediately updated to have something called a question harvester, which it wouldn't only allow you to answer the question, it could also in some cases search up the question for you and type in and give you the best answer. So from the perspective of a person who, who does utilize and take advantage of the system of bots, can you just explain like, like actually give a perspective of how expensive they are and explain like to people that have the perception that oh botting is easy you guys are unfair bots are for thoughts like that that common phrase yes um like just just like just go over it a little bit and how how you see it from your your point of view you know bots like there is no denying it gives you an advantage like that's a solid fact you can having a bot it makes life easier than for manual users but a lot of people assume that botting is when you click a button and just watch shoes come in, it's far from that. First of all, the cost of, you know, obtaining a bot and upkeeping that bot is, 
is very expensive. The best bots on the market, uh, for example, Cyber, which is a bot that cooks pretty much every release, it's it, at its peak, it was valued at almost 10,000 US dollars. And right now it's selling for about 6,000 US dollars. I was lucky enough to get my hands on a Chinese bot called Dragon. And that actually goes for around 20,000 USD at the moment. Um, these bots, in addition to the initial cost of getting them, uh, bots run on something called proxy. Simply put, if proxies are different IP addresses, it makes you, when you're doing, when you're launching more than one task, which is basically a checkout process, say, say you're launching 10 checkout processes. Most websites have an anti-bot system that sees if you're doing 10 checkouts from the same computer, you know, that's not like possible for a human. So they just assume that you're a bot and it blocks you. Proxies uh, relocate your computer's IP address to different computers, which makes it look like as if you were doing the checkouts from 10 separate IP addresses. But proxies cost money. And in most cases, for me at least, it costed about $50, $60 a month. So that's another cost. And sometimes, you know, your home computer might not be like strong enough to handle a bot and all its tasks. So at times you have to rent online web server such as Amazon web service or Google servers and that's another uh, 50 60 dollars a month yeah. and so it's so basically simply put it's just not easy it's not easy there's a lot of technical stuff that goes in it's really not pressing a button and watching shoes come in there's you have to you know constantly be on the watch for capture harvesters question harvesters you have to generate cookies ahead of drops it's a lot of technical stuff there's so much to go into i could probably go on and on but yeah, yeah. it's not easy and like can you explain why do people call themselves chefs and like cook groups and that like i, I still don't understand that well resellers they pride themselves you know on how many shoes or how much profit they're able to make and when someone cooks of when someone uh, manages to get success on a very you know difficult release when everybody else doesn't get a pair or they do or when everybody else gets one or two pairs but they get five or six they call themselves a chef because you know they quote unquote cook that release by getting a lot of success <laughs> all right so like if if I don't, I don't i know alex really like what i like about alex is he he strays away from the sort of the, the group of people that sort of um, the group of people in society that sort of really care about what other people see them as based on like what they wear. Right. So like, I've really never heard uh, Alex, like basically virtually ever care about any like sort of sneaker release or anything like that. So I feel like I, I, I sort of, I develop a lot of respect for people like people like Alex well, like even regardless of if they're aware of like sneakers like this, but like touching back on the point of, I think we talked about if sneakers label you as wealthy, like do rare sneakers label you as wealthy? I, I really respect the fact that like Alex doesn't have to put a thousand dollar shoe on himself to call himself something. And then I also, I also respect Nathan a lot because I feel like Nathan, what do you, in, in your opinion, what do you think makes you like, uh, apart from, apart from like materialistic things, what do you like, if someone, if someone were to ask you, what are the main things that make you like, if I know if someone were to ask Ishan, Ishan would be like, I swim, uh, I love shoes and I love my friends. 
Well, yeah, and, so, like, what is that for you? Though? I also love girls, or or one one girl in particular. <laughs> okay, Nathan. Yeah. So obviously, like Isha, or like most of us, friends are important in making up what I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, you know. But uh, you know, family. Your Christianity, your Christianity, your religion. Ooh. My my faith. Um, I love yes, him. He's a very faithful Christian for those of you. <clears throat> he's who know he's Catholic. He's Catholic. He's a wait. Uh, oh, Catholic. Yeah, that's what I said. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what, but, but what would you say? You keep on going. No, no, I, I have nothing else. Like I, I literally don't know. All right. So, so like the point I was trying to make with that is like, like friends and the people that you surround yourself with have a lot of influence, and especially a lot of influence in like what you wear, right? That directly correlates with like shoes. And yeah, yeah. Lot, oh, okay. the majority of people that do not share the same meaning or value behind shoes as somebody like Yishan does will see sneakers as simply something that you wear on your feet or some, you're like you're wearing money. Um, so I want to bring that back to the fact of something I was trying to bring up, which was I looked through my camera roll. And so basically, whenever I open my phone, the first home screen I have is the picture of me, Yishan, and Alex standing in the street in front of Guterham building when, when Ricky took that photo for us. If you see, if you look at what we're wearing, I noticed Ishan's wearing shadows. And basically that's like a, a very coveted Jordan 1 model after the, the wave of TikTok hit when uh, a bunch of Jordan 1 silhouettes started to pop off. When all the value just shot up. Like if you look at some, some statistics and value graphs, you'll see that they just completely shot up. And um, explain to people, explain to touch on like, like why, why is that? How is this model so acceptable? And like, why is it so coveted today? Well, you know, in the era of Jordan 1, I can't really go in depth about why it looks good. I don't, I got a 69 in art in grade nine. I don't really know the concepts behind what looks good and what does not. Um, but the Air Jordan one looks good. And there's certain color combinations like gray and black. It's a very simple kind of color that goes well with basically every outfit. And, you know, particularly on TikTok, when you see celebrities wear these kind of silhouettes, uh, for example, the uh, Charlie D'Amelio, I think she wore some Chicago mids this one time and they shot up afterwards. I don't know if it's yeah. directly correlated or not, but when you see so many influencers or not even influencers, just people you see on your for you page, all wearing these shoes that creates the ideology in your mind that, you know, it looks good. Even if it looks mediocre, you see everybody else wearing them. You think that it looks good because everybody else is doing it. You should too. And that obviously creates demand for this product. And, you know, with shoes, unlike a lot of other like food and drink products, the shoe supply is finite. There's a certain number of pairs produced and unless they restock, which is pretty uncommon for most pairs uh, that were released a while back, unless they restock, there's that certain limited amount and you have a demand that's constantly going up, but a supply that's constantly going down and the inequality that creates, obviously it drives the price up. Yeah, so I remember when the time that you wore it, the time that we took that photo, do you, can you guess what day it is, Alex? No, it was guess? sometime in February, right? I'm not going to say if it's right or wrong until Alex guesses. Mm-hmm. Alex, you remember that photo that we, we took with Ricky when he went with us? I remember it was cold that day, but it was not <laughs> snowing. Yeah, it was. So I'd say like before quarantine. Like, yeah, definitely. No, no, yeah. not before quarantine, Alex. We went out to the downtown in the middle of quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's a possibility it's before quarantine. But, but other than that, I think like end of February, before, 
Can you believe February, it? Beginning of March. January thirty first. Oh no! Ugh. I was close. That rounds up to February. <laughs> that rounds yeah. up to February. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is at the time, Ishan, shadows were were at a value of what three hundred at maximum. Three fifty, three fifty, or four hundred. What are they at now? <laughs> Seven hundred. Isn't that crazy? Like, not even from a perspective of somebody that knows about shoes. If you're talking about anything, like Nathan's going to talk a little bit about um, his example of seeing reselling as a concept in like everyday life. Um, Alex, I hope you want to talk about like reselling in like technology and like how that's all of a sudden popped off. You know, with, with, with shadows, you know, with sneakers in general, it's very much like socks. It's a, in the secondary market, everything is fluid. There's volatility around all products. And the value is bound to change depending on what consumers want and how much of that product there is left. It's very much like stocks. For example, recently in particular, you see so many stocks, the value shooting up because of the good news in terms of the vaccine. For example, you know, Bitcoin shot up recently. Tesla shot up a while ago. Uh, Air Canada shot up not that much, but Air Canada went up in value as well. I made some good money off that. Um, but yeah, in the secondary market, everything is volatile. And, you know, when there's a big event happening across the world in, for example, the pandemic, there's obviously going to be some big drastic changes to the, to the value of these products. And if you paid attention, the values of these shoes, they rose sharply after the pandemic began. Now, a lot of people think, you know, why, why are people spending more money on shoes? at a time when most people are getting less money, right? Mm. And honestly, I don't even know the answer to that question. <laughs> I honestly do not because, you know, the pandemic, the way it affects most consumers, it hasn't affected me in that way because before the pandemic started, I wasn't working a full-time job. And I think the pandemic hit most people the hardest when they lost their jobs or when they have been laid off and must depend on CERB checks. But I wasn't a part of that. So I, I honestly cannot tell you from a first-hand point of view why that is. Basically, what you're saying is he's rich. So uh, if you guys need a sugar daddy, he's got you covered. <laughs> okay, I, I, currently, I must I'm joking, make, I'm joking, don't, I'm don't get this twisted. Let me be clear. <laughs> I am currently in a relationship and I'm a very loyal man. So starting tonight, I will be blocking all females on my Instagram. I will be blocking all females on my Snapchat. I'll be unadding your numbers. If you're a female, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> very loyal. All right. So, so I remember you're very correct. For some reason, people actually bought more sneakers and started to spend more money on like materialistic things as soon as the pandemic started, whether that's to like the, the, the checks that you talked about. Is it CREB or is it, or is it CERB? CERB. CERB. Okay. So like for I, I, either way, people actually spend more money. And actually from a firsthand point of view, I invested in core purples in March or not in March, in, in August. And what was this? This was like when, how many cases do we used to have in August? It was like a couple, a hundred. Yeah, like August, August was like the bottom of a pandemic. It was the best times. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I invested in those shoes and that was kind of what got me to start reselling was because, well, I saw an opportunity and that was to make money. I'm no, not going to lie. I'm not going to front. I'm not going to say that oh, I like shoes. and I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a sneakerhead. I'm, I'm not. I, I got into the market because I saw an opportunity to make profit. Your, really case, think- your case kind of reflects a lot of others. Mm-hmm. I think one point I can make that during the pandemic, this kind of new influx in sneaker spending, the majority of that wasn't 
they're people like you. There aren't people that are sneakerheads. They're not buying to wear. With so many people losing their jobs, they're looking for other sources of money. Why do we call 2020 the year for reselling? Because we've seen the introduction of so many new resellers. And why were they forced into reselling? Because they lost their primary source or they've had their primary source of income reduced to a certain extent. And they must compensate for that by finding a secondary source of profits. And, you know, reselling, it's something like I always like to say, it's making money from money, not making money from labor. In a case where, you know, everybody wants to make money from money. You know, this is why so many, you see so many 16 year olds on Reddit talking about how they invest, making like $2 per stock and calling themselves an investor, you know, because people who wants to go actually put in physical effort to make money. Mm. People want to make money by doing nothing. And that's basically what reselling is. Yeah, Nathan, what were you going to say? Hmm? Well, I think, I think you were about to say something, were you not? Yeah. I was just like adding on to like quarantine and like uh, opinions and like influencing i once after you guys uh or like after you started uh getting into the reselling business and industry i uh you know i, th- I thought it was pretty cool and i didn't own a pair of jordans at that time so, you know so i just wanted to uh, i bought a pair of first class from yishan just to see like what it was about and like how it looked but mm-hmm. i don't really know where i was going but yeah let me guarantee you if you're trying to buy jordan ones to wear, they're very uncomfortable. Don't buy them. They're not very nice to wear. Especially if you wear increased protectors, they hurt your pinky. Exactly. Tr- trust me, this is coming from a guy who, who owns like 30 pairs of Jordan ones. Do not buy them. They're not, they're not nice to wear. So, like, so justify why you have 30 pairs. Okay, because when I wear them, I usually wear them for like, I wear Jordans once a month, like my good Jordans. If you know me, I usually see you guys in either Vans, my Adidas slippers, or, Yeezy, or my triple black Yeezys. Have you, wh- wh- how many times have you actually seen me wear my Jordans to meet you guys? You know, I've actually, I've only seen you everywhere at Game Royals. Exactly. And those are your beaters. I have 30 pairs of Jordans, but I choose to wear my pair that is literally turning brown on the sides. You know, I would call them humble, but those shoes are worth like $800. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um... Like, now that we're talking about, like, recently, oh, actually, we have two minutes left. Do you want to start a new meeting? Uh, yeah. And we take a halftime commercial break. We'll see you shortly after. Anchor is the easiest way to make it. Welcome back to the Tin Cans. We hope you enjoyed the halftime commercial break. And let me remind you, visit anchor.fm today to take your podcast making look to the next level. Yes. All right, so uh, as we were talking about... um like seeing a rise in different reselling businesses because of quarantine. I wanted to, to, to let, let Nathan and Alex take the floor on uh, what they wanted to talk about. Yes, Alex, how about we start off with your opinions on how reselling has been you know, associated with the recent changes and uh, use of technology. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're very Thank welcome. You. Yeah, uh, okay, so I feel like uh, reselling. Uh, I feel like recently it's been very expanded because over quarantine it has it had the opportunity to be like experimented by so many people, and then with uh, with everybody staying home and everybody on social media, YouTube, everything, they they've just been uh, exposed to I guess like new means. Whether it's like 
reselling shoes or maybe something a little bit more exotic as one can say maybe it's about technology and i i'm gonna go on a little bit tangent about technology so basically lots of people while they're uh over in quarantine they're probably i don't know very bored just staying at home all day we're 24 7 right so obviously maybe people hop on to play a couple games with their friends and then they soon realize that their lap their macbooks can't handle a game like call of duty warzone and then, and then it would literally you can you can cook an egg on a macbook if you're you know Minecraft. let me let me just All add right. in here i think ziwe has a personal connection to that example right there i vividly remember the first time you know ziwe contact me he's like yo my friend ryan told me about this game called warzone he said it's pretty good i'm like say less so we we hop into our first ever match we're getting hype right because we was landing downtown and Z-Way jumped after me. He parachuted out of the plane after me. So I landed in downtown and I was waiting for him. After about two to three minutes of waiting on the ground, I didn't see him. And I, I asked him what happened. He tells me my game freezed. And then, you know, that's not a big issue. Turn down your graphic settings. Let's go again. That usually works. The second game, his game didn't freeze. It just straight up kind of closed. <laughs> So, you know, that, that's a prime Yo. example of what Alex is talking about with the uh, PC problem. Yo. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> so, so as, many, as many people at home, they're like, damn, I need something better. And so they begin researching about technology. And I feel like uh, I've been, I, I, for some reason, uh, I just feel like I like technology in the sense where I'm bored and I just go on YouTube and watch random like stuff. Minecraft. And, yeah and then and then technology as a, as well so basically there's a lot of components into building your own pc it's very simplified and very uh and the market is like very user-friendly you only you only need a screwdriver to make a pc right but then uh a functioning brain which i unfortunately do not possess yeah. that's why i bought a pre-built pc so lots of people it's all sold out because people are lazy and the people who were too slow they had to build their own pc so they go on, they, they, the media around the computer parts starts blowing up and basically you need CPU, GPU, all the details. So, so you're saying that there's a resale market around computer components now? Not, not, not yet, not yet. But not like, yet? There's a, you think, you think the, it the, could the, happen? The, it's already happening, but this is like Ooh. at the start of quarantine. And so the demand's just skyrocketing. Oh, that's skyrocketing, why, that's right? why you, that's why you invest in keyboards now, boys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't have a lineup keyboard, I don't want them. <laughs> please, please stop going for no, shoes. You know, please, shoes, please. shoes, shoes are dying. Don't even go for shoes. Go for oh, keyboards. Yeah, yeah. You know? I hate Jordans. Don't even go on the Nike. Yeah, don't go to Jordans. Imagine wearing Jordans. If you wear Jordans, you're, you're you're like you're not cool. You know, go <laughs> go buy keyboards. A lineup keyboard is what you need to succeed. If anyone's listening to this and you wake up at six thirty a.m. or six a.m. whatever it is to go on Nike sneakers and you try to cop a pair of shoes, don't do that. No one does that anymore. Like, yeah, no, no. Well, what? Like <laughs> Jordans, they brick, bro. You like you lose money when you get a Jordan one. Uh, anyway, back to Alex. Back to Alex. I wear Reeboks and Asics. <laughs> Yo, Asics are on the rise. Did you don't, know that? Don't diss Asics. Asics. I'm not dissing Asics. I I genuinely wear them. Do you see how cool and hipster they look? They actually yeah. are hipster. What does hipster mean? My English is bad. Back to Alex. Light up keyboards, Alex. Go. <laughs> okay, okay. So basically, everybody wants to buy these, right? And then all of a sudden, prices go up because there's there's also a, a number of factors because supply is getting low because a bunch of 
other, a bunch of other media is uh, is is uh, saying you should crypto mine, which is buy a bunch of uh, PC parts and then you mine uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, and then you just you just gain a lot of money. So all of a sudden, high demand, low supply. What does that create? Uh, a, a resale market. So with with the s- scarcity of all of these <laughs> products, people people will start paying. And all the prices start skyrocketing, maybe 200, 300, maybe even sometimes uh, 500, 500 more. And then another another thing was with uh, lots of people, lots of people have seen the releases of PS5 and P, uh, Xbox 6. Oh, they yeah. sold out so quickly, they're reselling. You know, another, another, okay. <laughs> <laughs> another, another, another thing, that was released was GPUs, which is uh, very important for building a PC because all the people at home are very lonely and want to play some COD with their friends. And then a new GPU was released, basically it's better and big number, all right? People want it. And then people are reselling them now. I've seen a couple on StockX for some reason, which is a, <laughs> mainly a, a, a shoe resale app, but now I've seen computer parts on it. You can sell iPhones. PS5s, Apple Watches, Xboxes, and StockX now, just saying. Yeah, so lots of people, with so many people uh, being introduced to the the market of tech, of like personal use technology, I feel like the uh, the market, the broad market of uh, reselling has been expanded into not just technology and reselling, but basically anything. Like you can resell a dog, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo, no I'm disrespect not. to dogs. I'm just no, no, saying, but... Alex's dog is kind of wild. I don't know, man. Anyways, Alex, that was an unspeakable gesture. <laughs> but um, uh, Nathan, anyways. would you like to add some comments to hold this? Hold on, hold on. I have something to say though. To someone like me, a GPU or like whatever the CPU, whatever PU, PU. It's a piece of Lego to me. Like you're paying a couple thousand dollars for a piece of Lego that you snap into your PC. But no. to a person like Alex, what does that mean to you? Okay. So to a person like me, G-G. like a, a, a CPU is something that's like a piece of Lego. You snap it into your computer and boom, you're able to play Among Us or something or Fortnite at like 600 frames yeah. per second. At a yeah. But like, what does it mean to you? Is it like the brains behind? I the mean, computer? you can you can you can say the same thing for shoes. Like, it's only covering your feet, so a rock doesn't stab through your big toe, right? Yeah. But like, but but it it serves a function. Like maybe you wanna run Minecraft at over thirty frames, like me. But then. <laughs> Yo, can your mom see us? Yes. Whoever camera's off, Z Yeah. Do you think I'm talking to no one? I'm just recording. All it's a it's a project. Aiha. Tell her it's a cast project, right? Aiha, aiha, aiha. I be tell her. Tell her I said aiha. Tell her I said aiha. Tell her I said aiha. You should have said aiha. Me too, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Say Z-Way said I help. 
you. What? No. I, I, I want to come over. We're, we're, we're making Elt. seafood. Making what? out? Why does Alex just stop talking normally? <laughs> Wait, that's, that's, I have to redo that segment again. <laughs> Yo, Alex's mom came into his room and started smacking him on the back. And his Alex face, just his face was like... <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. 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 Wait, where are we? We'll keep that in. Don't worry. We'll keep that in. Okay. Okay. But let me just add on. You know what? What? What we said about like to to us, a GPU is a piece of metal that you pay thousands or hundreds of dollars for to make Fortnite run faster. <laughs> to Alex, me and Z-Way's shoes are just a piece of leather that you wear on your feet that are more uncomfortable than Reeboks. That is true. But we pay five times the price of Reeboks for some reason. That is true. <laughs> You know, to everybody is different. There can be a car enthusiast, enthusiast, enthu I did not say enthusiast. There can be a car enthusiast who, you know, spends like $5,000 to turn his car from white to red. All right. So I feel like on the topic of Alex says like PS5, right? Alex, did you, did you talk about PS5? Yeah, well, I can add on to the past segment what you should just finish off. Yeah, like, okay, go ahead, go ahead. So I feel like I feel like people, each person, each individual person has their own needs, their own values, and I guess like uh, maybe some values. I don't know a little Lego piece over I don't know a Pokemon card. Like yes. Some may pay twenty thousand dollars for a Pokemon card, or maybe someone uh, wants to customize his car that breaks on every few months, or maybe someone wants to upgrade their PC that they already replace every few weeks. Or maybe someone wants a urinal just for their own home. I don't yeah. know. People have their own needs, their own values, what they want. Yes. Like me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel like with with the reselling, it, it really allows people to, you know. Exploit it. Uh, yeah, exploit it. And uh. a chance for people to make money for their own. Just experimenting with, uh, I feel like lots of people with reselling, it's the first time really making money. And they're making money from money, which mm. is... A good experience, a good lesson, and with the, with quarantine, not just quarantine, like social media and everybody got phone and like media and such. They can they they have means of which extending their influences over their own uh, values, whether they value like cars, automobiles, or Lightning McQueen. You know, I finished. Okay, so, so I think I just lagged. That's why um, there was a silence. But um. But I think I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay. So you guys, you guys have to hold on for a second because you used the word exploit. And exploit usually isn't a good word. Doesn't that mean like taking advantage in a negative way? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Taking advantage in a negative way. You're literally blocking some guy who really wants a pair of shoes that he was supposed to get it for $255. Now you're forcing him to spend his life savings on a pair of like yellow <laughs> piece of horse leather to wear on his feet for 10 minutes a day. So, so of course it's exploit, but it's what I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> it so is what it is. Where did Alex go? He just left his microphone. <laughs> He's not here anymore. Alex, come back. We have to continue. I'm gonna show a video. I think he's gone. He's gonna be like video. He's back. He's back. He's back. The rise of the monkey king. Hey, I'm the monkey king. Oh, he's dancing. Right. Beautiful. So I wish I could see this in real life. Wear your masks, boys. 
are you at that's the topic for a different video <laughs> um anyways i just like literally went on ebay the lowest the lowest ask or like the lowest price somebody's listing of a ps5 is one thousand dollars and twenty five dollars what one thousand and twenty five dollars on that case i can get you for nine hundred dollars if you want hit my lineup ishan.wg wg Nine fifty right. if you're female, just to show my loyalty to my girl. You should make it Yishan.fm now. Okay, so do you guys want to go over this? Do you guys still want to talk about the SneakerCon reseller short documentary? No. You, wait, hold on. I'm gonna cut this part over. Do you want me to talk talk about the thing after? Oh yeah, your thing. Just talk, let Nathan talk about his thing, and then if we have enough time, do the SneakerCon. No, no, I don't really want to do the SneakerCon. I'll do the fake right. fake sneakers just, one video. Just let, just let Nathan do his thing. Okay, Nathan, go do your thing right now. Okay. Up, but okay so so let me let me give a real life example for this uh, reselling type thing and how yes. it really is expressed and is hidden between our daily lives and yes. our day-to-day -day life yes thank you for your yeses you're welcome i, I appreciate it anyways so i love you too yes very much love yes so i love you too <laughs> ah, i love everybody it's group love much love group love I love all the men, but not the girls, because I only love one girl. That's loyalty, right? Okay, can Nathan talk? <laughs> okay, so a real life example is, uh, what's it called again? Uh, service providers, right? So uh, these are phone service or yeah, service providers for plans for phones. That's a lot of force. Anyways, so there's Virgin Mobile, right? There's oh. Bell, there's Fido, there's Kudo. Right, and then <laughs> uh, what else is there? Yeah, that's all I could think of. Anyways, holy shit, why am I saying so? Anyways, um, so what they do is they provide you with a plan, right? And yes. the they usually buy the phone from the company, so from Apple or from Samsung, the direct company, and they sell it out to you. So that is a form of reselling. So how this really mm -hmm. helps their consumers, right? Because when they resell it, they can have an upfront price of a really low price. So a lot of the times they have an upfront price of $0, but then it's yes. built up of the monthly prices and the bills that come in. So like, but it's also bundled with the plans, correct? Yeah. So like, I don't know. Range oh, Nathan, let me just add on here. Can you explain the nature of product bundling? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing, he, he does, he does a uh, human resource, ma he does a uh, business management. So he doesn't know. Can you, can you not? Man, because like I, I only know how to make people love each other. <laughs> he, he deals with um, uh, what is it? The 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 onboarding process, orientation, uh, oh. discrimination in the workplace. Well, you, you've done a very good job. I love you, Nathan. Well, well, I I love my girl more because I'm loyal. Oh no no no, that's that's not an option. No, yeah, I, I'm loyal. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so what was I on? Uh. forgot <laughs> okay the, the buildup of those uh, monthly bills are like 30 30 to 60 to i don't even know sometimes 100 oh the accumulation yeah the accumulation and they give you a deal for like say two years right the buildup of wow. those two years and then all that money the accumulation of that like you said that is overall more costly than exactly by the they're still turning a profit at the end yeah mm -hmm. so like reselling what what yishan said it is buying something to sell it for more profit. You know, I think the general message 
behind Nathan, like Nathan's example, this can be applied to you know every sort of business conducted in the world. No business is charity. Every business has the incentive to exploit you to an extent. It has the incentive to make profits based on another person's desires and providing them with that desire at charge, allowing for the provider to make a profit and reselling, well, not specifically reselling, but the concept behind reselling is present in every form of business in the world. Every form of business seeks to make money from other people, and that's a pure fact. And, you know, at the end of the day, reselling is just a very crude way of a crude example. But in the end, every business is a reflection of reselling in a sense. Aren't people on Amazon really like successful from making that passive income? Because it is Oh, I know those. You know, the those only ones? thing I've bought from Amazon is it, actually we don't. We, we so, should not get okay, into anyways. Um, so like, I think you're talking about those people that have the ads. Like, don't skip this. I can show you how to make this much money. Is it drop? Is it drop shipping people? Yeah, that one. So they buy from Alibaba. They resell on Amazon. Yeah. They just you buy from pay. poor Chinese kids who make them in sweatshops, and you sell them to rich white kids. There's, there's, we can go on that for days, but I really want to get to this video because I, I think okay. it's really important. Is it about Putin? Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the fake sneaker market because I feel like the article really is pretty mediocre. No, no offense to Complex Canada, but the Complex article, Canada is washed. It's below mediocre. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say that the article is poorly done. If uh, Complex you, Canada is hearing this, you guys are washed. I just I hate like your guys, articles. I just feel like you, you, you could have definitely gotten better people to talk about this. But and no, no discredit to them. Uh, we're gonna talk about this video from Vice. It's called Putian, the fake sneaker capital of the world. So I'm gonna share my screen. Nathan, you wanna give me wanna give me host? Huh? Oh, my bad. It's all good. Alex's name is still Sir Alex's Lexus. Are we gonna play Among Us after this? Sure. Let me let me let me let me uh put in some uh comments on putian after you showed the video because this is a you can do it right now i'm still setting up okay so putian it's a city in china basically it's in the fujian province you know putian it's it's when you think of putian you don't even think of like what it's actually you just think of fake stuff like i'm pretty sure more people know putian as fake than as a city at this point Mm. in china and it's gotten to a point where when you use the name putian in a chinese television show or a lyric it's censored in chinese media like a city's name is being censored and you you can imagine why is that it's because it's been used so much as a form of like a discriminatory term you know putian is it's like a synonym for the word fake now to the point where the chinese government has to censor it in most cases where people Mm. use it yeah so it just shows you how like infamous it is. This video will give a little bit more background and uh, show the, 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 the fake or define why. Wait, are so, we supposed to watch this on the podcast? Yeah, um, it's going to play the audio. The, the audience will be able to hear it. Oh, oh at least so. a lot of Balenciaga. Yeah, so, so you, oh, you recognize those? I actually didn't even know those were Balenciaga at first. Yo, Nathan's rich, guys. If you need money, just go to Nathan. No. Yeah. Very charitable guy. Balenciaga's look like socks with soles. <laughs> so uh we're gonna watch this video it's called from vice news it's we went to the fake sneaker capital of china so see they immediately labeled it of the fake sneaker capital of china um it's, it was actually sponsored by hbo can you believe that wait is vice owned by hbo i don't know is vice, vice president owned by hbo vince carter oh they're 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 owned by vich hbo 
They're making bank. This video got, this video banged. Five mil. That's pretty crazy. Actually, YouTube CPMs are not even that good. So they probably didn't make much. Anyways. Bro, they cannot compare to Anchor.fm. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you want to make some real money off podcasts and take your revenue to the next level, make sure to visit Anchor.fm today. All right, so we're going to watch this video and I have some questions to ask you. All right, here we go. Can you guys hear it? Yes! My <laughs> a large-scale smuggling bust. The feds seized 300,000 pairs of fake sneakers that were headed into the tri-state. Pause the video, Z-Way. Yeah, go ahead. So when you think, when you hear the number 300,000, let me give you a perspective. Let's take uh, some. Let, let's take a limited drop. For example, let us take. Uh, there's a pair of the Air Jordan 5 Oregons that dropped uh, a few months back. That had a total of around 30,000 pairs. In Canada, they had like 3,000 pairs. And when you see China pumping out 300,000 pairs, it really makes you question. When you see people wearing nice shoes on the street, how much of that is real and how much of that is fake? Mm, good question. All right, so can I continue? Answer, a lot of it is fake. Yes, continue. <laughs> A group of Chinese smugglers were arrested trying to bring 300,000 counterfeit Nike sneakers worth about $73 million. And keep in mind, this is a group of people. 300,000. That's crying my family. My uncle is very corrupt. <laughs> if you don't know that reference, you should watch Silicon Valley. Great show. Dollars Great show. New Jersey. The sneakers would then be taken to locations in Brooklyn and Queens. So we see the, the models here. Can you guys see the screen? Yes, yes, yes. We see the Chicago Jordan 1 model. Air Jordan 1. Beside it is the Air Jordan 6. Air Jordan 5 to the left of that. On the... And then... Hey, don't, go th don't go through every single one because people don't know right. anything other move, than 1, 4, and move, 5. Move your cursor. Let me, let me point. Go okay. to the well-known ones. I don't know what the hell okay. that is. <laughs> that's the Air Jordan 1. Uh, Air Jordan 6. That's the infrared colorway. That is the Air Jordan 13. We know, right you, of, we know you're knowledgeable, buddy. To the right, that is the Air Jordan 12. The Air Jordan 11, 72, 10 is right. And that's the Air Jordan 3. Uh, I, can't, I can't find a 4 here. No, the 4 is right to the bottom left. To the bottom left of that. Oh, the military oh. reds yeah, is right there. Oh. And then everything else is pretty much irrelevant. Because if you wear them, you're probably homeless. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Cut that out, Nathan, when you hear that. I support homeless people, by the way. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue. They would sell for about $190 a pair. The 42 containers of sneakers came from China. It hasn't been determined what city they came from. Putian. But in China, everyone knows that Putian is the city of fakes. Yeah, everyone knows. So it's Chan and today. Okay, so Ishan, you can already reckon, I I'm sure you can, what shoes these are. That, those are the Yeezy 750s. And to somebody who doesn't know, these just look like Uggs. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say they're, they're, they're Uggs. Uggs. <laughs> Basically, they're, they're Uggs, but more comfortable because they have boost at the bottom. All right. We are at also about a thousand dollars more expensive. So the person narrating this is actually the person that's going to be interviewed, and he is, um, I think, the owner of. He's my fake, uncle. The fake sneaker company. One company willing to give us a rare look at his operation. A one and only pair of C4 frozen yellow with gum. So that's not that's not a bad fake. Just by glancing at it, you can't really exactly. tell. Exactly. So, it's, you know what? That was literally one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. I have I have it written down. Zero fifty six seconds. So I've had a pair of those before in my hands. They, they weren't brand new, but they were pretty close to brand new. And isn't that crazy how real that looks just by looking at it? Well, if you look scary though. Like reels are getting, uh, fakes are getting realer every single year. For it's gotten to the point, um, Z-Way, if you look 
the biggest marketplace for shoes in Canada is on Facebook. It's called Canada Sneaker Exchange. If you look into the group rules, you actually see that selling V-Loan and Revenge Storms, Revenge Storms are a type of shoes and V-Loans, you guys probably know what that is if you listen to Playboy Cardi. Um, that's actually banned from the group because Revenge Storms have gotten, the fakes are now one-to-one with the reels. Like it's gotten to the point where you cannot tell them apart from each other anymore whether in terms of material quality, overall design accuracy. Reels, fakes are now the exact same as reels in Revenge Storms. There is no way of legit checking them anymore. Wow, I didn't even know that. And then, I, I'm not sure how it works with Velum, but I would assume it's the same. But I know for sure that Revenge Storms, and uh, they're, they're to the point where you can't distinguish anymore. Even if you pull the best experts, you, they can't tell. It's not because the experts aren't knowledgeable. It's because the real and the fakes, they're the same now. There's no differentiation. I think that's actually that's actually okay. Can you can you? Can you? No, so you could go. You know that's actually crazy because in Canada sneaker exchange, I've seen a, a reputable seller selling revenge storms, and then I didn't even know that was a rule banning those. It is a rule. He probably got he probably got deleted afterwards. And if you if you look on StockX right now, I'm doing so. If you search a revenge storm, it's not on there. Really? StockX, one of the biggest features it has is that it legit checks shoes. You know, why do people so, why do so many people buy from StockX instead of local? It's because they, they trust StockX. They know they're going to get a real pair or they're likely get a real pair when their shoe comes in. But if you search up Revenge Storm on StockX, you're not going to see anything because when you're not able to legit check or authenticate a shoe, what are you going to do? Whoa. You know what? You're right. Wait, but there's V-Loan Air Force Ones, are there not? Yeah, but V-Loan, I'm talking about like the clothing in general. There are clothing up here. Well, but there's a collaboration. Okay, okay. So in that, that, that's why when you see a person who owns Velo on TikTok or on social media, chances are he's going to have, he, he's going to have a closet of like 10, 20 Velo shirts. If you've ever paid attention, everybody I've seen wearing Velo in their closets, they have multiple Velo items and revenge storms. A lot of people have multiple colorways of those. That's why, that's why stock X, you can't buy revenge storms because the company can't guarantee that they're passing authentic, uh, authentic products. So then why does Hotbox, the consignment exactly. shops? That, that's one of the biggest criticisms it's gotten. I remember, I remember seeing a debate over whether, you know, it wasn't Hotbox, but it was Plus. Uh, it's in Yorkdale. Mm, there was somebody asked for a legit check on Plus in the group. And people were, you know, there's some people who I guess didn't really like the store. And one of their arguments was they still sell Revenge Storms in the store. And ah. that, that's like a negative point for many people now. And that brings up the, the, the conceptual, like the concept of needing a legit check. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So just a background on Nathan Alex. Ishan, explain, explain the process of legit checking. Okay, a legit checking is pretty self-explanatory is when you take, you can legit check either a seller, a buyer or a shoe, but let's take the shoe because it's what we're talking about. A legit check is you get somebody who's pretty knowledgeable about a certain shoe model. For example, me with Air Jordan 1s or with Easy 350s. It's when you take someone who uh, is pretty knowledgeable about the shoe and you give, you send them pictures of its details, the size tag, the the, the box logo and all that. And then you ask for their opinion, whether it's real or fake, but it's gotten to the point before through three years ago, uh, when you were legit checking a pair of Jordans, all you had to look at was the shape or Yeezys. It was the shape, the box. Logo. That's what everybody was aiming for. But now you have to go into the interior size. You have to, sometimes you have to rip apart the insoles to see the stitching. That's how real fakes are getting. Mm -hmm. And I have to bring up something. 
you know how we mentioned StockX? Yeah. StockX comes with what on their shoes when they authenticate it? The StockX tag. What are these becoming? These are becoming, sometimes at, in Canada at this rate, when you see a pair with a StockX tag, that makes the shoe more suspicious than if it didn't have the tag. Like, so that is immediately a point that, of contention that has completely evolved into this, which yes. never has happened before because of the movement of realer and realer fakes, which is so crazy to me that people are legit checking tags. And if you have a tag in your shoe, it's suspicious. Like, I just find that so mind-boggling. Right. Yeah, well, if you ever taken part in the legit checking process, Z-Way knows this. You had to take the insoles and yeah. sometimes it's glued to the bottom of the shoe. You have to rip yeah. that out and you don't even look at the insoles. You look at the little lines at the bottom, the stitching. That's what you, you have to analyze whether if it's placed correctly to I the can, correct I angle. Can, I'm the, well, you want me to bring a visual example while Nathan explains? It's crazy. I was going to say, but I was going to say, or like ask, what do you think is the easiest, easiest product or yeah, product to replicate or make a it, fake? Revenge Storms. Revenge Storms, no doubt. It's gotten yeah. to the point where fakes are basically no, no, like, real. Like it doesn't have to be a shoe, like anything, like belts, hats, you know, from... Maine. Well, I think the, big, the biggest point of faking, is, it, it's, a, it's those women's purses. Yeah. Women's uh -huh. purses are so commonly faked. Designer. You know? Because, yeah, the design, the Gucci purses, the, the Prada purses, Versace purses, those are getting fakes so much. That is the epitome of fake products. You know, when you think of fake products, yeah, you can think of sneakers, but what was being faked way before sneakers or anything? Because sneakers weren't hyped before this decade, but women's purses were always getting faked. Amazing point. That's so a good question, Sometimes uh, I go to like, you know, Pacific Mall. It's just yeah. reputable for its fakes. I go in, I see Louis Vuitton. It's the checkerboard pattern, right? And some of the fakes are there are so bad. Like they put smiley faces onto the checkerboard. But like, yeah, yeah but, but Z, we go back to the video for a sec. Yeah. Uh, you guys said that the, the sneaker was listed as a fake. It's not that bad, right? You can't really tell from that. At, at a glance, yeah. yeah. At a glance, it could, but, but if you yeah. dived in, it would probably be. But this video was 2018. This is oh, two years about that. before. Yeah. But that one makes so sense because 2017 to 2018, that was when Yeezys were the thing. Everybody was faking Yeezys, you know? Because back then, Jordans were still cheap. Back then, Yeezys, that, in 2018, that semi-frozen yellow, semi yellow, right now it's 400-something. Back then, I remember clearly, I was thinking of buying that, but I was broke. That was $800 back then. Wow. And, and Jordan just took over. Yeah, and Jordan, you know why? Market oversaturation. When Kanye drops, before you would have 10, 10 different colorways a year. Every colorway, maybe 50,000 pairs. Now you have 30 colorways a year. And on top of that, every colorway has well over 100,000 pairs. So just think about how many more Yeezys there are. I'm just going to search up Yeezy 350 V2 2020 and look at how many colors they pop up. Don't you have those revenge? What revenge? No, he has the fire events. Yeah, I, I have I have literally eighty dollar vents. Like my vents have no value to them. You can probably find them in Foot Locker right now. So I think what I was gonna say was, um, what's why why do Revenge Storms get faked at the time where vans like limited or something? No, Revenge Storm isn't a van shoe. Revenge Storm um, part of the process is because there was a dilemma or there was a situation when fakes and reels when the that the real pairs they were produced not in one of those like licensed factories the, like the the factory that the manufacturers chose to have the shoes produced 
it was also being used as a fake factory. Oh. So the real shoes and the f- fake shoes, one can even argue that the fake shoes aren't fake. Because exactly. the fake shoes are leaving the same factory. But and they're made the by the same sh- people. Yeah, but the fake shoes are leaving without the manufacturer's permission. So uh-huh. in the end, it's really a namesake thing. It's not, even, it's not even whether it's actually real or fake. It's just, it's unauthorized, you know, it's UA. And that's what people call them to, just, yeah. to, to sort of justify that it's yeah. quote unquote fake. Yeah. Okay. We should probably like uh, wrap it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Do you want to finish this up? It's, this video is really good. I want you to watch it. It's like se- seven minutes. And I think I, I watched this a while ago. Is this the one where he sits down with an interview and yeah. he has his face blurred or with a mask or something? Yeah, yeah it is. Mask. He talked about Virgil Abloh saying fakes were an yeah, yeah, so I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, you so, just skip to the interview then. Yeah. yeah. Skip to the interview? Yeah. I feel like the whole episode is valuable. You just, oh, play, just play, just play, just play. At the factory today. Goosey. Right, come on in. Goosey. Sure. What are we looking at here? Well, this is pretty much our uh, base of operation. It's, you can call it an office, you know. It's he definitely like studied a, abroad before. His English is really good. Put your shoes and organize them, sort them out before you ship them away. So what, what do we got here? Those are the cause fours. Balenciaga's here. Uh, yeah, these are Balenciaga roughly. So uh, okay. lately, you know. These... Chan wasn't always in the fake sneaker business. He used to be a med school student in the UK. Yeah. We're looking for a pair of rare shoes. He found fake pairs online. And realized they were all coming from the same place. So this is the most common, like the most common method that people discover fakes is like they don't want to pay the, the high price, so they they turn to fakes, right? Yeah, they pay, they turn to fakes. You know, it's people who aren't necessarily sneakerheads. They're the people who just want to flex. Yeah. So those are the people yeah. that drive this fake market. Uh, in a sense, yes. So these are so these are. All right, so we're gonna we're let's just skip to the Virgil Abloh part. We'll wrap it up. Virgil Abloh. So if you don't, Ishan, just just give a background of who he is. Virgil Abloh is the uh, chief executive creator, creative designer at Louis Vuitton. He is also the founder of the brand you might know today as Off White. And um, he's most known for that probably that um, the four corner box arrow logo. Yeah, the, and adding apostrophes before and after every single word he uses. Yeah, and he actually sounds very soft-hearted when he talks in this interview. So just, he sounds really gentle, so listen to this. Um, right now they're talking about uh, whether, he's asking this guy Chan, he's asking the question, do you think fakes are good for the market? And here's Virgil Abloh's response. They've mentioned something about roughly good once before. I love counterfeits. It's the best feedback. It's better than like a great review on Vogue. Like if it's working, to the point where someone else can profit off that, that means it's really working. But that was Virgil Abloh last year. And since then, he seems to have changed his mind. This year, his company launched a multi-million dollar lawsuit against companies who were selling counterfeit merchandise. In this case, you know, when you're you're like a new designer, or when, when you're not necessarily a new designer, when you design a new product and it's getting on the market and you see people faking it, that means there's demand for that product. That means there's people who want that product but can't afford it. That means people like your thing. But when, it, when it's getting to such a massive extent, such as in Putian, when there's when you have like four or five people wearing your shoes or wearing counterfeit versions of your shoes, that means they like the product. That's like a token of approval for your designs. But when you have hundreds of thousands of counterfeit pairs flooding the market, imitating your product and driving customers away from your actual product, that's going to cut into your profits. And that is where the conflict of interest plays in. 
you know, when there's no conflict of interest, everyone's going to be, you know, lovey-dovey, you know, yeah, I, I like it as a token of appreciation, you know, I love counterfeits. But when, when you actually, when your interests start getting like cutted, cut because of others, that's when you're going to have a problem, you know? And, and that's what, that's why Virtual Ablo started to sue them. Yeah, Virgin Ablo. I hate Virgin Abloh. I hate Off White. And 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 Nike sued Warren Lotus for making fake dunks. Exactly. If Warren Lotus was some like was some fifteen year old and living in his mom's basement, which he probably is, uh, making customs of shoes and selling them to the local market, do you think Nike cares? No. Not but Warren Lotus Warren Lotus is charging three hundred dollars for a pair of fake dunks, but and the original dunk retail was like one fifty. To keep keep that in mind, so. Warren Lotus is overcharging and actually getting them sold. And that's going to take away from, take away money from Nike and from Nike's actual dunks, you know, because Warren Lotus, he, he's, he made a imitation of a, of the pigeon dunk, which probably will never re-release again. And that's forcing a lot of customers who have no choice, but to buy that, you know, instead of buying Nike's new dunks, they're going to go for the quote unquote custom pigeon dunk. And that obviously harms Nike's profits. And I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Jeff Staple says something. And Jeff Staple is the 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 person who designed the, the pigeon dunk. But um, I'm pretty sure he has he couldn't comment much. But I'm pretty sure he said something about not having a problem with Warren Lotus or like the no, shoot, Jeff the Staples version. is the designer. But in the end, after it's been years after the the release, he's not going to make any money off the future Nike dunks. You know, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his, his about, pair is yeah. over. The, the, the dunk that he either makes royalties or he makes like an upfront thing. Yeah, but, but the pigeons aren't going to release anymore. Yeah, That's so he's not thing. making money anymore. Yeah, he's not making money. Of course, he has no problem with it, but it's cutting into the Nike's profits, not his. Mm-hmm. But don't... Okay, I don't want to continue this any longer. Okay, let's continue. These are replicas of the human races. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what, what's the matter? I'm just going to skip this part. This part's kind of boring. Okay, so this this is the last point. Does it ever frustrate you when you get, you know, some negative message from some kid in high school who's freaking out because the stitching is ever so slightly crooked? Yeah, it does. When you're wearing a pair of shoes, no one in your right mind goes up close to your feet and say, hey, you know, that looks 0.5 inches off. Yeah, pause that right there. Pause that right there. Okay, wearing fakes, it's a controversial topic. You know, some people hate it. Some people don't have a problem with it. Some people do it all the time. Wearing fakes, here's my take on this. I don't care if you wear fakes. Like, if you want to wear a fake Air Jordan 1, I'm fine with it. But if you're going to wear a fake and say it's real, that's where I have a problem. Because you have people like me who, you know, worked very hard, saved a lot of money to buy the, sh- to buy the shoes that they want, to buy the authentic version. Only for you to claim that you have the authentic version, which you probably spent one, two hundred dollars on. And that's kind of disrespecting the culture. And, you know, if you're going to wear fakes, you don't even have to say it's fake. You, you can just keep quiet about it. You know, you're not you don't have to go around bragging. Oh, yeah, my shoes are seven hundred dollars, you know, like flexing with fakes. That, that's just not it, because you're trying to, you know, assume that image of wealth, which is pretty. What is the adjective for hypocrite? hypocritic um hypocritical hypocritical yes you're being hypocritical my english is very good normal person doesn't do that all these things don't actually matter in real life are you a sneakerhead yourself uh personally i wouldn't call myself a sneakerhead really yeah you know footwear is something that is 
supposed to be functional. Mm. I think that their shoes look ridiculous at times. You know, it's my core business, so I've, I'm in no place to judge anyone. Exactly, exactly. Footwear is supposed to be functional, you know what I'm saying? Footwear, it's something for you to wear, not something for you to flex. And I, I can't really talk because I buy shoes that are way above their value all the time. I spend thousands of dollars on shoes that are probably worth $5 from the kids that made them in Chinese sweatshops. You know, but in the end, they are a functional piece of thing. And I think I need to learn that myself. But, you know, the sad reality is I see them as something much more than just a functional piece of leather on my feet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good way to wrap up. This was a really good episode. Um, it's probably one of our longest ones. But I think it's a good listen. And a lot of good lessons came out of it. And definitely good, so a couple of good stories. Um, if you ever want to come on our podcast and do this type of style where we interview you and you talk about a topic that you really enjoy and you have a passion for, Feel free to shoot us at a DM, uh, TinCans2020. We really appreciate your support. Uh, Nathan, Alex, you want to add anything? Uh, you know, same as Z-Way said, we appreciate your support. We're getting a lot of views, I mean, our listens on our, each episode. And, you know, that's really helping us get feedback and see what really you guys really want to hear. Where we're at. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So every time you guys listen to our podcast, we know somebody is out there listening to us. So mm. again, we appreciate you. Thank you to Ishan for coming on and we'll You're see welcome. you all next time. You're welcome. Goodbye. Goodbye.